Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The mighty Murph has just unleashed the biggest yawn that I have ever witnessed, and I hope that's not a uh, I hope that's not a reflection on the podcast that we've been putting out this week, Murph. It feels like I've seen more of you than uh, the large chunks of my family this week, albeit yeah. via a, albeit via a Zoom. But we're back once again. We've got more rugby to discuss, of course. Dan's with us as well. How are you, Dan? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, Jeff. Can't grumble. <laughs> Yes, right. Where do you want to begin, fellas? We spent an awful lot of time talking about the Lions. Obviously, we're not going to stop that anytime soon, I guess. I, I'm just desperate for it to begin now. I'm kind of, we spent a huge chunks of time talking about selection. I just want to see the players get out and, and pull on the jersey. I, I'm still enjoying the fallout a little bit of them uh, from Thursday. Because, you know, it was uh, uh, contentious, especially over the border. Uh, with the number of their favourites that haven't been included, you know. So quite enjoying that. Obviously, we had the announcement and then we did our podcast and then you get all the Twitter reaction, which was fairly mild, and then the media reaction. And then it's kicked again now because the the fixtures, uh, English Premiership fixtures, every time they come on, there's another pundit saying something else about the the, uh, squad selection. Like, for example, today... It was wasps and harlequins, and before <laughs> before the kickoff, they're still beating the drum for Danny Care, still doing <laughs> it, right? right? <laughs> Which is fine, you know. Like I say, he, he is a good player, but he's thirty four and he hasn't been in international rugby for two seasons, three seasons, and uh, everything else. And every single pundit, Ugo, who obviously biased, but even Austin Healy, uh, uh, 
the, the commentators uh, all the way through, uh, not the commentators, the presenters. And then the game starts and Dan Robson completely outplays him for the first 40 minutes. I didn't, I haven't seen the second half yet because I, I, had, I had to get out. But I got it recorded. So maybe Danny Kerr did have a good second half. I don't know. But during the game, Dan Robson had scored a try had an assist and made loads of line breaks in the first half, right? And Eddie Jones is watching and they kept putting the camera on Eddie Jones, then on Dan Robson, then on Eddie Jones, and then they'd go to Danny Kerr, <laughs> the closer. It was just so, it was so, the timing was just perfect. Can I interject with a bit of Eddie Jones update for you? Yeah. So I took a walk this morning to uh, to the rugby club at the end of our road, which is Guildford Rugby Club, and Eddie was giving a talk to the juniors uh, genuinely on uh, yeah, five, five minutes away from, from where we are. I wondered whether he was out scouting the next Sam Simmons just so he can't pick him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, this is the thing with the, I know we've, I know we've mentioned this before, but I do sometimes find that there is a lack of objectivity when it comes from certain camps and these pundits. And also, I just think that the Premiership, the, the English Premiership is a much better product than than the Pro 14. We know that. It's you know, it's the rivalries, they're they're much more exciting games. Games generally mean a lot more. There's a lot less dead rubbers. We'd love to be a part of it. But that doesn't mean that the form from the Premiership equates to anything near international rugby. You know, Sam Simmons, I think, is one thing because he's been tearing it up there and in Europe and in the you know, in in the, the European champions side. So that is really, really strong, solid form. But I just think that everyone's got carried away with with Danny Kerr. Well, I know, admittedly, I'm not the biggest, you know, I'm not the biggest follower of the of the Premiership. I just think you always have to have to gauge that form against what it actually means. It's it's di- it's difficult to make a case for a Lions for a Lions selection if you're not if you're not really putting in performances on the biggest stage. That's why. That's why the Wales players have to do it in a Wales shirt because their club form largely is meaningless. Yeah, and you know, uh, you, you you like you say, Sam Simmons can do it because his performance is so out there, and he's doing it in the, the biggest games that you can do it in in club level. Hmm. And also, he's not thirty four. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and and that's the thing is Sam Simmons. You can make a case and say, right, this guy's been playing so well, and. He hasn't had a chance in an England shirt, and we're all scratching our heads as to why, because he should have, particularly when Billy Vinopole is that out of form. But Danny Kerr has been discarded a couple of years ago and is 34. And even when he was, and again, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I thought he should have had a lot more rugby for England, you know, certainly around the kind of 2013 to 17 period. You'd have thought he deserved a run with nine on his back, not the odd game against Italy. Yeah. But the fact that he's never had that, it's not like we're talking about. I don't know. It's the whole thing, I've I, I've I found the Danny Care drum particularly particularly strange. I don't know if it's just because large chunks of the broadcast media are Harlequins fans, but it's yeah, it's it's been an odd one to take. Mm. Yeah, Dan. While we're talking about Harlequins and uh, media objectivity and stuff, obviously this Carl Sinclair interview has been doing the rounds after obviously uh, Bristol now, but. Somebody cut his teeth at, at Harlequins and a pretty emotional reaction from Hugo Monia in, in relation to that. What did you make of Carl Sinclair's post-match interview, first of all? I quite enjoyed it, to be honest, because you see, you get a bit of an insight into the character, don't you? He's, um, 
I think he's probably quite an emotional, emotional chap. Um, you know, at any time really, and he's, you know, he's an he's an he's an aggressive, emotive player, isn't he? And um, I I just enjoyed it that it seemed it seemed quite real. Um, so yeah, I've watched it a couple of times because you don't often see interviews like that, do you? It just you know I, th- I think it got you know any I suppose any doubts that there's been over what the Lions you know what the Lions means and what it means to players to be selected. You've only got to have a little look at that, haven't you? He's he is genuinely hurting. He's upset, really, really upset, and probably a, so hard to take is that he was down in pretty well all, you know, all squads, wasn't he? Um, so he he must he must you know he would have been looking at those, and as I dare say, all the players around him would have said, "You're an absolute shoe in. You're going." So attacking, then to get that attacking you know, scrum have even picked you. Exactly, 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 yeah. So that says it all, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I enjoyed it. And um, it's nice to see, nice to see someone not just rolling off the, you know, all the cliches that you usually hear, basically. So good, good of you to steal my off-air assessment of it as well. we'll <laughs> I'll gloss over that and get Murph's take. I think we all broadly agree. I mean, I, I, my only kind of uh, impression of... Um, uh, Kyle in the past was that he's playing for the wrong team, England obviously against my team. So, and also he was constantly losing his head because Alan Wynne Jones would rough him up. You know, that was my only kind of knowledge of his character up to now. So I, he's actually gone at that interview and the honesty and the emotion. He's gone up in my estimations now because I didn't know much about him otherwise, other than he was good at rugby. But um, what I will say though is, uh, and this, uh, this is where I think the media uh, in sport. It's not manipulation, but they 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 get involved. Obviously, it's box office. You know what I mean. But w- w- watching the game is. I think I watched it live. Was it Friday night or yesterday? No, it was yesterday. So I didn't watch it live. Uh, I watched it last night when I got in and uh, watched the game. And then at the end, I had already heard about the interview with uh, uh, Kyle Sinclair. But when I watched the game, I thought, Hang on, was he man of the match? And then turns out obviously he was man of the match because that's why they interviewed him. But when I was watching the game, mm. I made I made a mental note of all the players who played Miles Bettle and Kel Sinclair. So uh, both the M's, so that was Malins was amazing. Morahan was good. Then uh, both the imports, so Semi Randranger was good. Charles Puerta was good. It's like they always are, and they could these Semi could be man of the match every time he plays. Easy, like a little bit like Justin Tipperick, he could be man of the match every time he plays. Uh, then Uren, the scrum half, was good, and on on the uh, on the other side for Bath, Miles Reed, he's probably the form back rower in England right now. Really, really good. And um, Kyle Sinclair got the man of the match based on five scrum penalties, which, although, you know, obviously he's a tight head, so he can take credit if his scrum's going well. The tight head's obviously going well. But there's eight people in the scrum, and they mm-hmm. chose Kyle Sinclair because they needed the interview. Of the reaction, if you know what I mean. Who chose the uh, who chose the man of the match? Which of the someone at BT Lawrence Delalio, BT Sport. So he's 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 obviously been told by his director. Listen, we need to interview Kyle, uh, and he, he you know he did, I didn't see him in the loose. I didn't see him defending. He went off after 55, 60 minutes, but you know, fine. You know, they made the man of the match. Got the interview, and and that. That interview will go <laughs> round the internet much quicker than anything in the game well, would have. That's true. 
So um, it's just interesting how, you know, the broadcasters can kind of uh, get their get their get their uh, claws into a story, should we say? Maybe maybe Premier Sports should uh, resort to making Johnny Sexton man of the match, even though he didn't play, just to put, just to get a bit of a, a bit of awareness of our god awful league. I've, I've seen him. I'm just saying. I've seen him have much bigger matches than yeah. that, Kyle Sinclair. But uh, they had they had to have his, you know, because they were they, well. Apart from anything else, they were they were zoomed in on him in the warm up, mm. and all the players are coming up and tapping him on the bum and geeing him up because everyone had heard that he was devastated, and then. Uh, you know, he, he had an average game by his standards, man of the match, straight in the interview, all over the internet. So it's just for people who don't pay as close attention as us to that kind of thing. It's it's just interesting how the broadcasters will manipulate things their way to get to get their their moment. You know. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Obviously, I can't comment on his performance having not seen the game, but it's. Uh... Take my, my word for it. <laughs> I will. T- I will take your word for it as a man who knows more about scrummaging than uh, than either of us two. So, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly take your word for it. But yeah, interesting nonetheless. A, a quick look at the the Welsh Lions. Lewis Rees-Zammet on the score sheet again. Murph, what did you make of his his two tries and his overall performance? Is this where we're going to be really really biased now? <laughs> and you're going to uh, say cement no, in the best place? He, he um, on Northampton were awful, and. So bad, I didn't. I, I I skipped big chunks of the game because it was it was pretty poor. And then obviously the the real talking point was Dan Bigger uh, going off for the HIA, uh, but I don't think it's a serious one. I I think he just knocked the side of his head more than anything else in a freak accident kind of thing. Um, Louis, yeah, he had a kind of a straightforward finish by his standards. He just you know turned the turned the afterburners on on the outside. They couldn't catch him. And then the other one was a kick through that was fumbled and he fell on it. And then this uh, Northampton player took umbridge for some reason. Maybe it's because he's the blue, he's the kind of the golden boy of rugby at the mm. moment. He just started roughing him up on the floor over the try line. It was a big melee, and the two players ended up getting simbin. But n- neither of the simbins were the guy who started it all. So that got me that got me fired up because <laughs> he's becoming a national treasure now, Louis already. So uh, yeah, but it, it it was it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything like the uh, Six Nations type. You know, finish against Scotland it was just by his standards fairly tame. It's um, it's interesting though because when we look at those midweek games, I don't think you can underestimate how physical South Africa is, and there's going to be no shortage of people wanting to to rough up the Golden Boy. Well, there'll be a lot of players they want to rough up, but yeah, you know, the Pretty Boy Band member on the wing, Dan. You've you know, you must have been on the receiving end of a few. Uh, have a few cheap shots like that as the uh, as the David Beckham Gavin Henson of Cowbridge. <laughs> How uh, do, you, do you think that's going to be that's going to be a bit of an issue on the tour? You know, people wanting to get a piece of uh, of Lewis Resummit and some of the others. Yeah, if they can catch him. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll he'll probably be targeted, won't he? With you know high you know they put be putting up high balls, won't they? And look to you know look to level him as he goes up you know goes up for the ball and. Yeah, hard hits on him. See, see how he takes it. But I don't know. He seems he seems pretty comfortable, doesn't he? He's take you know he's takes some pretty big hits in the in the league he's league he's playing in. I do think it'll be a different kettle of fish over there because you're looking for you're looking for anything you can, aren't you, to get up on you know get up on the other the opposition. Um, but I don't know. He just seems he seems quite level, doesn't he, about everything. 
And he's a, he's a he's a powerful boy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a you know he's a big bloke. Um, well, he stood up for himself today. Well, he wasn't you know he wasn't like a Bambi in the headlights or anything. You know, when someone started on him, he, he was squared up to the guy, and then the whole both yeah. of, both teams piled in, so it just you know de-escalated. But um, I don't think he's you know I don't think he's a soft touch or anything. No, exactly. And obviously, it's a lot harder these days to get away with cheap shots than uh, than it was. You know, even just going back a couple of yeah, even just going back to the last tour of South Africa, you know, bloody Scalpberger got away with one in the the opening minutes of the second the second test, but yeah. which again I have yet to get over. <laughs> one day, one day I will. We have got loads to get through. We've spent the first uh, the first twenty minutes or so talking about the Lions, uh, etc. But I know diehard listeners, uh, well, sorry, diehard fans of the Rainbow Cup will be desperate to hear our, our thoughts on the Rainbow Cup results from the weekend. But also there's massive news with regards to the Scarlets and Glenn Delaney moving on. And we're going to be getting to get with that story, plus, of course, the Rainbow Cup. And also uh, we'll be having a look at what the future might hold for the Dragons with regards to ownership. But first, we're going to take this very quick break. I'm going to get a can. Ready for the second half. Murph's back in position, having made a, a dart to the kitchen to grab a can of San Miguel. Well played, Murph. Quick off the mark there. I thought for a second it was a silhouette of Louis Reece Summit. You know, that, <laughs> that, that, that level of speed. <laughs> like a fat, bald Louis Reece Summit. <laughs> if you can imagine such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's talk about the Scarlets. Obviously, they got the win on, what night was that? Saturday night. And the news followed very soon afterwards, that Glenn Delaney was moving on, having only been shifted into a director of rugby position a matter of weeks ago. What's going on there, Dan? Yeah, very very peculiar, isn't it? Is it 18, 18 days ago being made made director down there? And then, yeah, all after, you know, after beating, beating the Ospreys, he announces to the players in the change room that he's, you know, that he's moving on. I don't know. Are they going to, are they going to go with one less um, uh, coaching, you know, team member? Is that is that potentially what they're going to be? It does well, seem you, to be a very odd, you know, odd timing, doesn't it? Cer- it's certainly odd. Do you think it might be Dwayne Peel taking a bit more of a supremo role, which would be a big a big step up, really, considering he's moving from you know very much a, a tracksuit coaching role at Ulster to something that would be more of a an all-encompassing thing? Or do you actually think that there might be a, a director of rugby lined up? What do you reckon, Matt? Well, I'll be honest. Um, I, I thought it was weird how they were sending him upstairs when it was going so bloody poorly on the pitch. Now, yeah. like, normally someone gets sent upstairs if they have a like a long 
fairly successful run in the job and then when it's time for them to move on because they've done so good by the club they go upstairs it happens in kind of football or things like that quite often but since the turn of the year Scarlet's have been awful mm. uh, so why why send the guy who's overseen that I know Wayne Peabach had some dodgy periods at the Scarlet's as well but um, why send the guy who's overseen this dr- massive drop in performance upstairs it didn't seem to make sense anyway so um Perhaps that's why it's all fallen through. I don't know. I, I, it's a weird one. Yeah, it is weird, and uh, obviously the the timing is, a, I guess, especially weird off off the back of a victory. But it probably just shows how little the this cup means. You know, it, having watched, you know, all, well, all the games that the Welsh regions have been involved in, it just it feels like glorified pre-season friendlies, doesn't it? It feels like a very, very flat competition and it was a crap game Ospreys and Scarlet absolutely I know the weather was bad but bloody hell it was so yeah the 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 errors I yeah I I couldn't like I started sort of almost counting them in my head initially but they're literally within within the first 15 minutes wasn't it if there was ran ran out of fingers (laughs) well yeah it was it was it was incredible like both both sides ball going everywhere drop passes miss passes knock off just yeah, you know, loose kit. It was it was almost comedy esque, really. Yeah, it was. And sometimes in those conditions, when when you've got rock hard pitch and then it lashes down on top, the surface is slippery. The ball is really slippery, and it can get it can get it like that. But in those conditions, your your passing accuracy has got to be spot on. And they were just wafting the ball all over the place. Like a, even in nice bone dry the passing wasn't good enough bone dry conditions the passing was wayward if you're in those it's got to be it's got to be you've got to be passing right in the pocket the whole time you know right in the fingers so um yeah it was crap standard and and it was a shame because initially i thought it was quite a lot high level in of intensity and i noticed there was quite a lot of current and former lions on the pitch i thought oh, this could be good you know they're firing into each other but as time went on, it just got more and more bloody Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was excited as well looking at the teams. Mm. You know, when 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 I was looking at the the squads, I was thinking, yeah, this is it should it should be a cracker. You know, set for a cracker. But no, it didn't. It didn't live up to it. I did think there was a couple of good performances though from from the Scarlets for me. Namely, um, I thought Kieran Hardy did 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 a, you know did fairly well. I thought Angus O'Brien played quite nicely at ten. Um, and um, uh, Jack Morgan was uh, was pretty was pretty good, wasn't he? In the, in, early, in the early on, he was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought early on, Jonathan Davis as well. Yeah, he he, he knocked on over the line. But, um, oh, he did. Yeah, but he, and he cut that cut that lovely line, didn't he? Burst through. Yeah, uh, freaking tackles all, all over the place early on. But, um, yeah, the whole the whole shebang just degraded the longer the clock went into the game, the worse the standard got. So. Yeah, it was it was quite a tough watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of mine where I just firm, per, permanently got my finger on the forward button because it's just it's just you know scrum scrum to knock on knock on to. I was doing exactly the same. I had the I was thinking how quickly can I watch the game through fast forward? Yeah, but, we, um, there was nothing to stop for. <laughs> not, I know. <laughs> yeah, not a great one. Well, I tell you what, Sunday afternoon was no better. The uh, the Dragons Cardiff game was it seemed to go on for about four and a half hours. And if you want if you want 
proof that this captain's challenge is a bad idea. That was the game for it. It was just, I just, I don't understand why we need more. I know Murph, the other day you were saying you were, you were for it, but well, we got enough intervention from TMOs. It took them 20 minutes to send off Owen Lane for the clearest shoulder to the head that you've ever seen. And then someone gets to come back on for him at the end of the game, I which is that, just yeah. madness. Yeah. You know, it, that doesn't make any sense. Cardiff deserve to win, by the way. Dragons didn't take their chances. But, you know, like that was so clear-cut and it took them ages to get to it. And then, you know, you've got this bloody captain's challenge at the end of the game after Cardiff had scored a try. Who was it? Uh, Turnbull said, you know, said, oh, yeah, it was shoulder charged to my head. They've gone back. They couldn't find it. We're, we're going through 15 minutes worth of footage to find, <laughs> find. Eventually, they find it. It's a shoulder to the head. It's one of those that was fairly soft. You wouldn't have spotted it otherwise. And and whoever, whoever it was, Reese Lawrence, I think, gets gets sent off. And he just thought, how is this going to attract anyone else to the game if the TMOs are struggling to find the thing that the, the captains are challenging for? It, 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 the, uh, the, that captain's challenge thing, and, and in that particular incident with Josh Turnbull, it reminds me of The Wire. You know the TV show The Wire? Where there's a, <laughs> there's a someone puts graffiti on the wall of this guy's room. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> it feels like you're telling. It feels like you're telling on everyone, doesn't it? Ref, ref, he just was really rough with me. Can you have a look at the video? <laughs> uh, he wouldn't have been popular in my school. I can tell you. Yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. Like it's just, uh, yeah. I, obviously, now this is the tournament to try out these kind of things because there's bugger all else to learn from it. So yeah, it, it is the time to try these things out. But again, I don't understand who thought that we're going to get a better a better quality of game by going to the TMO more and if you've got a captain's <laughs> challenge you're going to use it aren't you yeah you're going to use it on anything the yeah, Fitz like Allen you... captain's challenge I've got that in my head now what? the Fitz Allen Fitz Allen school <laughs> yeah. captain's challenge in you're a captain's challenge but you try not to let anyone know it was you because the, <laughs> yeah. the repercussions um <laughs> It's a bit, yeah, it's a, you're right about that captain's challenge. It's a little bit like in cricket when they've got challenges left, so they use them anyway. Yeah. You know, they know they're out, but they're like, well, I've got, <laughs> got two spare, two in my pocket. I just say, you know, give it give it the tea to the umpire. Yeah. And in cricket, and in cricket, it can be good because obviously it's a, a, it's a much longer sport. We're used to it. We're used to And obviously you don't, most of the decisions in cricket, you, you know that those challenges are there for you to use. But in rugby, we go to the TMO so often anyway. Uh, but you know, yeah, in cricket, obviously, it's, it's brought up great drama, and it's part of the game as to when you use them. You know, and that one in the in the Ashes, uh, who was it? Nathan, Nathan Lyon, you know, as, as Stokes was going about demolishing them, and then he appealed for something which pitched somewhere yeah. halfway halfway to Huddersfield. And, yeah, yeah, and you know, obviously, that's that's great because it adds to the drama. You think, oh, you've just wasted your review on something. And then when when he was out shortly after, he couldn't yeah. challenge. Exactly, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. but with obviously with rugby, you most of the time the TMOs are there, mm. are there to make those decisions. So yeah, I I hope we're not going to see this one again. And again, it just reaffirmed to me that like the Owen Lane one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Owen Lane, but it was a real cowardly, <laughs> stupid yeah. shoulder to the chin. And and they are there. That that's as clear a day a red card as you'd ever see. You would have wanted that in the old days because it's it's just a cheap shot shoulder to the head and you know, it's most unlike him. So to then have a player coming back off the bench who's already been substituted, it's just, yeah, the, the mind boggles with those ones. And I've still yet to see a, a drop out from behind the line, which is the one I'm 
the one I'm vaguely interested in. <laughs> yeah, the one you're in favour of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. There we go. So, yeah, again, not a, a hugely interesting weekend when it came to, to the on-the-field stuff. Um, a, couple of, a couple of good performances, though. Again, Josh Adams got on the try, the try sheet, you know. He's does does what he does what we know he's capable of doing. He's excellent in defence. He looked really sharp in attack, scored tries, really good. Jonah Holmes again was just like he's playing like Jonah Lomu. He's bouncing through players. You know, he's he's, he's playing so well, isn't he? I he really he, is. I think he has to get. A, I think he has to get a game in the summer. To, well, the the summer games. He does look like he's. Are we going to Argentina? or Are they coming here? No, somewhat. I, I don't think the exact. Fixtures have been confirmed, but someone's coming over here. I think it might be they're going to play each other Argentina twice, Japan, or USA. There's a couple. I think the USA are over here to play England in a game, Japan are obviously over here to play the Lions. And I think obviously the Argentina tour was lined up originally, but it'll be over here with with very little chance of there being fans. I would say that's I think that's the I think that's the thing, but it's a good opportunity for. It's a good opportunity to to try out some of these names and, and have a look. And and as I say, I was a bit you know, I think I took Jonah Holmes for granted a little bit before he turned up with the Dragons and just thought, oh, he's neat and tidy, he's a good finisher. But yeah, he's a but he, he's didn't, special there. he didn't start a massive amount of games at Leicester. Yeah. So you didn't really, you know, you didn't really get to see him in uh, full flow a lot. But um obviously Dragons, he's out and out first choice all the time and starts a lot of games and everything else. So um yeah, you get to see he has been good. Uh, it's, the trouble is now back back three rugby in Wales has become really crowded. It is though, isn't it? There's so mm. much there's so much choice there, and yeah, you feel that even if he has, you know, even if he scores ten tries in three games, when the lines when the lines come back, he's not going to get. He's still not going to get a sniff, is he? No, is he going to displace? You know, we got well, he got three lions now in the back three for Wales, so it's really tricky to get a game. So. Um, yeah. It's great to see him in this form, though, isn't it? Because I thought he played, he, he's taken a bit of time to get going at the, at, at the Dragons. I don't know whether it's the systems or whatever it was. I know he's had a few knocks as well, a few injuries, but he's... Yeah, it was you know, a sort of Yeah, yeah. It was getting, he, it was getting he, a run of games. And, and also, as well, you think back to the rugby that's, that gets played over those November, December periods when it's hammering it down. And, and obviously, we've had a lot more inverted commas summer rugby this time which suits him suits him better because he's got the ball in hand and is able to do stuff and it's yeah he is uh he's, he's a lot of fun to watch i uh, i will say that uh there's a few bits and pieces when it comes to when it comes to signings which uh is definitely worth touching on so as glenn delaney departs at the scarlets they are set to sign thomas lozana the argentinian flanker he joins from the western force i believe is he someone you've uh, you've seen a lot of, Murph? No, God no. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I got that old. <laughs> I got that old thing where I don't subscribe to Sky because of Rupert Murdoch. It's not. And it's he, not on there anymore. Well, it, it was yeah. for decades, and and uh, and even worse than that, he sold it three years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> so I just, yeah. So I I don't know why I'm not joining in to be honest, but uh, yeah. So I'm not up on you know kind of what they what do they call that tournament now. Uh, so that's called. Is it just called uh, Super the Rugby Championship? Or something? No. Oh, the as in the Tri Nations was the rugby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it called the Tri Nations again? The Rugby Championship. It no, was called. It was called that European. when there was three of them. Uh, no, sorry, when there was four of them. Now it's back to three. I'm not sure whether it's the the Tri Nations or not. So I, I'm not really up on Argentinian rugby until they turn up for like uh, 
autumn internationals over the year or World Cups or whatever. So I'm not that yeah. aware of him. Or, or if their um, captain is hugging some kid in the crowd and the kid starts crying, that kind of thing. That's that's you know the one I'm on about. What's his name? I do, and also digging out uh, old racist tweets from them as well. Yeah, which, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, but um, just. just just to bring it back to this Thomas Lozano, by the way, it does pour a bit of cold water on the, I guess, the the way it was being spun out out of, uh, out of Parker Scarlet's that, uh, that, you know, there was there was just too much competition in the back row and Jack Morgan was heading off. You know, I think we I think we all know that's not the case. It's just the case that he wanted to go and join the Ospreys. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, either he, he just wanted it and there's nothing to do, but or they dropped the ball and over the contract negotiations kind of thing. Yeah. And the Ospreys have stepped in. I, I don't see why any club in Wales would let the hottest back row property in the country go. Young young back row property in the country go. Just weird. A little bit like the Glendalini situation. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you can only think that, yeah, you can only think that they wanted to keep Morgan and, and couldn't or... Uh, but yeah, I suppose you can't come out and say that, can you? You can't come out and say, "Well, do you know what? We really, we really wanted to keep him, but he's uh, he's decided he wants to play his rugby elsewhere." I suppose you've got to, I guess you've got to do that. Toe in the park. I think that was the case, though, wasn't it? I do think they wanted to keep him, didn't they? But he wasn't. That's right. Wasn't... Any anyone in anyone in Wales would want him playing for them right now. He's he's the one who's got the the potential to be the absolute. The absolute next superstar in the back row. He's got everything that it takes. So it's a, it's a, it's a big blow for them. Yeah, it and is. That, but this <laughs> and that's this Jack, that. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that's the end of that. But yeah, this this guy coming in now. That's a that's a good signing, isn't it? Yeah, I and mean, again, obviously, it brings a lot of experience. We've said it a million times. If you're playing attacking scrum bingo, you'll know that we always talk about generally how well the Scarlets do when it comes to recruitment of. Particularly the the kind of non Welsh qualified players, I think uh, I think Blade Thompson's signed a contract extension there as well. So they, I was surprised at that because from his point of view, he's in the Scottish squad for the Six mm. Nations. His life would be more, much more straightforward if he signed for Edinburgh or something. Or, or well, I mean, there's only two options, obviously, but you know what I mean. It'd be much, it'd be much even if he signed for Newcastle, his life would be easier. But uh, I, I was surprised. I, I, I just thought he came. He came here as like one of those overseas signings. Got straight in the Scottish. And became Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then you you would just assume that there would be, you know, it's not as if Scouts are paying him mega money. So it's not as if the Edinburgh can't afford it or Glasgow can't afford it. But they they are quite well off for back row forwards at that way. But you know, he he's in the Scottish squad. So why wouldn't they jump in? You know, with this, the opportunity was there. Yeah, that is uh, that is a strange one actually. It's slightly, uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a head scratcher when it when it comes to that one. We have, of course, got more Rainbow Cup rugby to look forward to next weekend. So uh, should we have a quick preview of those uh, of those fixtures, which I know will be inked in everyone's diary? Uh, Saturday and Saturday and Sunday, the the Welsh regions are in action again. So Scarlets against Cardiff Blues. Uh, is the 15th, Saturday the 15th, that's at 3 o'clock. And then on the Sunday, Dragons are at home to the Ospreys at 1pm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got all of that all of that to look forward to. What are you laughing at, man? Are we getting are we getting kind of noises from your fancy new microphone? No, please tell me you're not. Someone's, someone sounds like they're eating crisps. Can you pick it up, Dan? Yeah, I, th- I 
Jed's yeah, eating good. a bag of what's isn't he? Pick on him. Pick on him, Dan. Pick on him. I'm driving I... down to Guildford now. I've made, <laughs> I've made a point of looking at those fixtures on my phone so as to not make a noise <laughs> by clicking on the microphone. I can guarantee this will be Killick and his beard or his collar. No, scratching. no. Yeah, I can, I, I can see his microphone is hovering. Yeah, I'm holding it there. It's it hasn't dropped. Yeah, I swear to God, I'll be I'll be raging if I can pick that. If that's been picked <laughs> up on the microphone, I'll be absolutely raging. It's the thing. It's again. It's all the all the gear. No idea. That's the that's, <laughs> the, that's the problem. Is I could buy the best podcast microphone in the world, but I find a way of between me and Killick, we find a way of uh, of messing it up. That sounds exactly like my cycling. All the gear, no idea. Oh, again, t- talking of attacking Scrum Bingo, it has taken a while, but Mercer, <laughs> Mercer managed to talk about cycling. You're welcome. <laughs> I think we've got more cycling fans who listen to us than we have rugby fans now. Quite rightly, yeah, quite rightly. Yeah. It's a better sport. I, I do, I genuinely love it. I better not, we better, we better not descend into this. I've got the, uh, I've got the highlights of, uh, of the Giro to look forward to tonight, so don't spoil it for me. I won't spoil it for you, but I, I did watch the end in live. Okay. Uh, what time is that? That was that was recently, wasn't it? No, that was this afternoon. Mm. I, I've lost. I, I my my granddad nap means I can't exactly tell what time that finished. But um, you think we'll you, have to have it. It. you probably dreamt it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know t- one. I know t- one. T- Tony Murphy won the stage with a butt in a bunch <laughs> sprint. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of my lockdown fever dreams. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have an attacking scrum ride. I think when we uh, when we can. Oh, kill it, man! That that is, I guarantee, that is one thing you will absolutely destroy me at the the build, <laughs> the, build the build of you versus me and my massive ass and creaking knees. It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. I'll be hanging on. To, I'll be hanging on to the back of your bike. Cycling's good yeah. for creaking knees, apparently. Yeah, it is. That's well. It's better. It's certainly better than running. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nice little, uh, nice little. Um, Segway. Detour into there. Uh, yeah. What about the games next week, Murph? One, do you care? Two, who's going to win them? I, I, it's impossible to predict who's going to win these because you've got I, no idea what sides are going to be. I'll on. be honest. I was so distracted by the pack of the crisps that's been rustled underneath your microphone. I didn't even catch who's playing. See <laughs> <laughs> uh, him again. See him again. See if there's any crisp packets. It's, <laughs> it's Scarlet, Scarlet Cardiff on Saturday. Oh, more bloody derbies. I don't care. <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? You know it's bad when you start thinking, "Oh God, I wish we had zebra this weekend." <laughs> or I wish, uh, I, I wish Cardiff mm. were playing. I wish Cardiff were playing Connor. That'd give us something different to talk about. It is like, uh, have you seen? Um, I think I might be stealing this from from someone on Twitter, but there's an episode of Father Ted where uh, where Dougal gets stuck on the. Um, it's like a parody of Speed, and he gets stuck on a milk float. <laughs> and they just keep this one priest just keeps saying, you know, we should have we should have a mass, we should say mass, and then you know they they spend forty forty minutes trying to debate a a new idea, and they're just like, is there anything to be said for having another mass? And it's just like it seems like that's the answer. Everything now it's just like, can we just have some more derbies? Yeah, like, people were, were kind of all right. Let's can we can we have some more derbies? That'll that'll buy us another couple of weeks. It would be these derbies would be weird if they were allowed to have fans in. Yeah, I mean, it's no one would be interested in them. I but think you go, be... you go, you go to the first one. You think, oh, sod this! Lockdown was better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we just socially distance away from the rugby, please? Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know it is. It is really, it is really limp, isn't it? But 
but uh, I think the only question we've had this week, I'm too scared to even look at my phone to check Twitter for questions. It is you, it's definitely you. It's when you move, we can hear the pillows. Yeah, you? can you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got, got such sit. a fancy microphone, we could hear like your heartbeat and uh, <laughs> your fingernails growing and all sorts of shit. <laughs> The heartbeat is my the heartbeat is my cholesterol level. That's what's causing that. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, old, the old microphone would have uh, would have picked that one up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the only the only question that we, we've had this week was from uh, was from Reece Knott, which just said so far the Rainbow Cup has provided us with uh, Owen Lane getting suspended and George North getting injured. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- well, the South Africans played each other, though, didn't they? I, d- I don't know where it was broadcast. It was on Premier Sports. It was it? on Premier Sports. Yeah, I haven't seen. Is it any good? I haven't seen the result. I don't care. I don't, <laughs> it's so disjointed. It's like yeah, yeah. it's. I don't know. The the thing is, is like if it was a completely separate league and the South African sides were just playing each other, I might dip into that. But the fact it's attached to our league, I'm like, oh god, no, it's going to be crap. There'll be a way of it being crap. I guarantee it. If it's in any way affiliated with our league or Premier Sports, it will be crap. Yeah. Talking to broadcasters, though, there is uh, some uh, a report doing the rounds that Channel Four are set to broadcast the Lions versus Japan game, which will be the first time that a Lions game has been on free-to-air television since 1993. Which, again, I think you know can only be a good thing. And that's that. There you go, hey, Murph, What are you going to? I was waiting for. Da- I was waiting for Dan jumping because I-, I keep talking over him all the time. No, I'm enjoying it. I'm sitting back and <laughs> well, um, stop enjoying it and bloody join in. All right, yeah, good, Jed. Good news that <laughs> very, gonna... very good news. Murph, what are you going to do for uh, for the Lions then if you haven't got Sky? Oh, I got now TV. Uh, right, okay. and also, also that's basically every four. I, I've had Virgin Media for bloody decades. I should have shares in that company, and uh, and every four years I just sign up to Sky on Virgin Media, if you know what I mean. Um, but these days you've got now TV, so you can just join it for a month and you know, all that. there's all sorts of options these days. And there's always the pub, obviously. Mm. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a thought watching sport in a pub. Beautiful. That dog barking there, Murph, was that your dog? Is that one of my neighbor's dogs? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. It's four streets over. In yeah, yeah. And, and also sore subject. My dog died. So. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh no. It was ages ago now. It was, when was that? February. Yeah, no. and it wasn't my dog. It was my, I took him in when my nan died. So you know what? Uh, all, all I've really done is save money on food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was, you know, he was a ripe old age. So you know, don't, don't let's not have a memorial service or anything. I know. I'm, yeah, well, we might have to. We might have to skip the moment of silence at the end of it. Yeah, that dog is not it's my dog. I reckon it's Kelly's dog. Style, it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be some. Some Ugo Monia tears going round then from everyone on there for a moment, but um... poor, poor old Benny. In fact, oh. this, this is not this is not the sort of thing I should be doing on a podcast because it's visual. But I <laughs> got if you can see there, there is little <laughs> ashes in a box. <laughs> oh. Oh. My wife insisted on having his ashes returned, and they 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 gave us back a box of his <laughs> ashes and his name engraved on top. So yeah, that's quite creepy. Well, this, this episode wanted forty-five quid just to bury him in my garden. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. This was Meg. This this little wooden box with his name on it was mega money. You wouldn't believe. 
We're gonna have to start. A pa- we're gonna have to start a Patreon to get it re uh, to get it reimbursed for you, mate. We'll have to do some. We'd have to get a serious amount of subscribers to pay that off. Jeez. Oh well, we'll have to. Maybe we'll do a cycling Patreon then. I think that's. I think that's our best area of growth. <clears throat> yeah, it's the future. <clears throat> we, stick, we stick to. Uh, we stick to cycling. Right, any Jeff, more? For any... Yes, mate. Can we on. get your take on the channel? Because that's your field. Yeah. The, the channel just... for. I, yeah. I I can't answer anything. Uh, it's good news. I think that Channel 4 are doing a good line in picking up bits and pieces of sport, actually. And it is important for just keeping the overall profile of the sport up. The Lions generally has been one of those things that has bought in like a casual rugby audience because it's because it's so unique to, to rugby. It is one of those things that drives Sky subscribers and the numbers are generally good. and There is a lot of interest in it. But to have even if it's just this fixture, but I think they've also got highlights secured as well. It's, it's, that's really good news. It just keeps the sport in the, in the, in the public eye. And that's really, really important. You know, you think, think back to that, that second test in 2009 that I've already mentioned. It's something like that, that is a colossal, an incredible sporting feat. It's a game of, it's a game of rugby. I've, I think it might be the, it's certainly the, the most intense game of rugby I've ever watched, I think. And to be able to to show the sport like that, even if it's in a, a 45 minute highlights package, to show what it means to a, as wider audience as possible, just keeps the just keeps that general interest in. Not necessarily from a grassroots playing perspective. I think you need the the bigger issue with that is that it's just about getting getting kids interested in playing it and and the sport being accessible to as many people as possible and schools not having so much pressure on them to to you know to you know because essentially teachers aren't assessed on uh, on on sport in schools they're assessed on academic subjects and and that means that often those you know those kind of things can can fall by the wayside so it's less about the grassroots thing I think for me it's more about just the overall profile of the sport and and keeping as many people interested in it as, as much as possible so uh, yeah it's a massively good thing I think if they would agree that I honestly think the, the especially when it's in South Africa, South Africa, because the the times line up, the time yeah. the time zones line up very well. It should be kind of uh, what's the they got some kind of term for it, like a, a blue ribband event, like a, bit, a little bit like Wimbledon, where ring it, fence, it doesn't yeah. ring fence, where it doesn't go out to tender to the highest bidder. It's such a especially for rugby union. I mean, in some regards, because of the four year nature of it. It's it's bigger than the Six Nations, you know, yeah. um, and it's been unavailable. I mean, obviously, so, sometimes it's eight thirty in the morning, you know, like the last one, eight thirty in the morning kickoffs. The timings, but, the timings are good, mate, for broadcasters because uh, you know, particularly commercial broadcasters, because it's you'll. T- I, I'm not sure whether I'm right in this because you can't actually find out anywhere on any official websites what time the bloody fixtures kick off. But I have seen somewhere that I think they might be evening kickoffs this time around, which they're not. They're not normally. But seven pm are they? I think so. I yeah, think I... so. Uh, that's the only times I've seen advertised at seven pm. Whether that's right or not, I'm, I'm not sure. But if they are, that's a, yeah, that's a good time for for commercial broadcasters because ITV really? ITV can stick that on and then you know jump into uh, jump into Ant and Deck or whatever. But it's. Um, well, and, and early in the morning, it just it just works. 
live sport advertising now is where it's at because this is the only thing youngsters will watch live. Yeah. So um, if you could get prime time Saturday night, you know, uh, amazing, amazing revenue. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're going to be faced with these questions a lot more over the next few, over the next few years as CVC's interest in the sport becomes more apparent, and if they're just going to sling it all behind a paywall. And, you know, which is the quickest way to make money is to drive up a bidding war. But at the same time, I think, you know, you could say that the golden era of, uh, of bidding wars has, has been and gone. You know, you see BT Sport uh, kind of they're up for sale now. So BT are looking to sell the sport arm. Potentially ITV have been mooted as a business as well. Uh, sorry, as a, um, as a potential buyer for that. So, you know, what they did with Formula One of just shoveling everything onto, onto pay TV is not necessarily the the route to making making the money that they want. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. While we're talking about private investment, though, as well, there is a story doing the rounds on BBC that um, the Dragons might be progressing on that front, which uh, I think, I mean, there, is, there isn't a great deal more we can say about that other than I think it would be a very good thing for them to get back privately owned just so that it's... Uh, it, not in this messy scenario where one region is owned by the union and the and the rest are in theory independent. Dan, what's your take on that? You've been sat there very quiet for the last half an hour, mate. Just laughing because my my dog was barking there, so I was wondering whether, whether that was going to make it on. Your, um, dog, your dog said more in our, the last half an hour than you have. I know, yeah, he's helping me out, I think. Um, yeah, good news, I think. You know, good news to get uh, get the dragons back in private ownership. And I think, uh, you know, I can't, I can't imagine that anybody that, um, you know, really is involved in Welsh rugby really would, would, would say anything other than that, really, would they? Is there an argument against it? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure there is, really. Well, especially if he's investing. I mean, especially, mm. you know, because um, let's be honest, all, yeah. all the big clubs over the border have got benefactors. So, yeah, you know, they, they all they all lose money. Therefore, the benefactor picks up the shortfall. That's how that's how they work. They're operating, basically. So um, if this guy, whoever, whichever one it happens to be, um, uh, Just Eat or whoever it is, uh, is going to invest, then happy days. Yeah, I think so. It's we've said this before. It, you know, the, the English model isn't right either. There's not enough money in the sport and your club could go tits up very very quickly if your benefactor walks away or carts it and, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's you know it's not sustainable in the long run and that's where I think things like you know they, I don't know uh, my main my main concern right is I, I'm not that asked I just I just want the side to be competitive I just want the sport to be competitive I'm sick of watching one-sided games of rugby and that can only it can only be a good thing if there's if there's investment coming in that means that they're just able to bulk the squad up a bit, but also invest in you know I know the pitch was only laid a little while ago, but we can't have another season where it's where it's hacked to death and it's a you know it's like the yeah it's you know it's like a completely sandy sandy pitch all over again. So yeah, I I think that I think all all round it would be a good thing if we can get back to back to the private ownership. It's off the field stuff as well though, isn't it? You know all the all the marketing, all the you know everything that goes in hand. You have a little look at what's what the Ospreys are what the Ospreys are pumping out, and it's yeah. starting to you know it's starting to uh, to get there, isn't it? And you know I think the money, yeah, money 
money coming in, private ownership of the Dragons will will make for a, a, a better setup down there. And then, yeah, it should lead to more, well, it will lead to more money coming in when it's more competitive, more competitive side, hopefully better, better games, better product all around, really. So it'll help, you know, a stronger, a stronger Dragons will make for, you know, the other, the other regions will be more, will be happier with that as well, won't they? Because it's all interlinked. For a bit till everyone starts bitching. But yeah, no, I think yeah. in all seriousness, I think you're right. Everyone, it's no good. It's no good for, it's not a good look for the Dragons when, you know, I don't know, like Will Rowland pitches up and the other, the other regions are sat there thinking, right, we're in, we're in a load of financial bother that the, re, uh, that the union has, has heaped on us in terms of, you know, in terms of the COVID loans and stuff like that. And here's, and here's the Dragons who are owned by the region picking up an international lot. It's it's just messy. It's really really messy, and I think you can't you can't have one that's owned by the region and three that are, that are privately owned. So I think the sooner the better with with regards to that. Any Absolutely. more for any more for any more fellas? Any other business, as they would say in the committee meeting? Any uh, other business, Daniel? No, I don't think we have. We've gone we've gone we've gone off topic quite a bit, but I quite enjoyed it actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Murph's Murph's dinner's in the oven as well. He's not eaten yet. What are you having, oh. Murph? Well spotted. Uh, I do not know, but I dare say it'll be something low carb. <laughs> ah, right, the old cyclist diet. Well, it's not so much a cyclist diet as the uh, lockdown belly diet. I would say <laughs> I can I can seriously knock some carbs away. You know, you know where you order takeaway, <laughs> and you you know there's the either set me over two or whatever you order. I have a family portion of rice to myself, <laughs> and then my wife and daughter will just like have like a small. Them. <laughs> I can seriously smash carbs and if we eat pasta there's just tons of it so uh, I've decided to brush up on the old carbs I, oh, I think well, they're so good by August they'll probably be built like Sam Orbit I would imagine yeah yeah definitely yeah we'll have to do it before and after I think <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah right I look forward to you documenting that over the course of the next, uh, <laughs> over, the next over the next few months man <laughs> But I, but I thank you for this evening. Cheers, Murph. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, boys. Cheers, lads. Thank you to uh, to the Killick Hound as well for making a for making an appearance. Uh, we will be back to talk rugby with you next week. A final thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.